1: Dreary, dank, gloomy, murky, soupy Thursday morning. I just said that on Tuesday. Well, it's Thursday anyway. Maybe it's not quite as dreary, dank, and soupy. Could be that tomorrow, for sure. But uh, we're ready for the extended sporting weekend. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower on the Horn 1049 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. My name is Craig Way. I thank you so much for joining us. Joined by my co-host, the pride of Northwest Williamson County, a proud graduate of Florence High School.
0: Always uh, thankful to my parents for settling in that Fairburg and not the one some 13 miles to the east down 487.
1: The one down the road that's preparing for the playoffs while Florence will be putting away the equipment after tomorrow night. But that's another story anyway. You know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. Don't let
0: facts get in the way of a good story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like I needed to be a little little bit balanced on that deal, you know, with Gerald. Because Gerald is going to be in the playoffs. In fact, that they are. they're playing for third place tonight, which will be a part of our Whataburger Top Five just coming up in a few moments. Um... But you know Jeff for his outstanding work at Horns twenty four seven. You know our erstwhile producer for his tremendous work and uh the fact that he is the purveyor of all good things, Flex ATX, because after all in the final analysis, it's Flex is Jonathan John Donaldson, J J. Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing, Snoop? I'm preparing to
2: be emotional.
1: Super emotional. Okay, now now are you preparing to be emotional (laughs) because of what? It's the final
2: games for so for the regular season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean kids I've been covering since like fresh out of junior high. And and, you know, and these kids are the pre COVID kids who like the like said Alexander was right before like COVID.
1: That's right. And Cedric Alexander of L B J stands sixty six yards away from being the all time career leading rusher in AIST history, has a chance to break that record tonight against the Crockett Cougars down at Burger Stadium. You can hear that broadcast on 105.3. The bat will have it for you, uh, pregame coverage beginning at 7-15. Now, Snoop is actually going to go out there uh, for a while anyway to chronicle some of that on video, right, for, for Flex? Yes, and, and we just dropped the the homecoming visuals, flxhx.com.
2: Nice. Go check that out. Kind of as a precursor to tonight. You know, LBJ in the building. They deserve this shine, and
1: we're happy yeah. to give it. And and it's Crockett's final home game Correct. tonight uh, for the Cougars down at Burger. So uh, you'll hear that on 105.3 The Bat. Um, uh, and coming up here uh, in uh, just, a, just a few moments, we'll have our Whataburger Top 5. Top 5 road trips of the weekend. Yes, there are ties. Uh, we have that. Uh, and then uh, one team that doesn't really have to worry about a tie Uh, especially if they handle their business tonight, are the Vandegrift Vipers, who are looking for the perfect district regular season and an outright 25-6A district title as they take on Westwood uh, tonight at the Palace on Parmer. Vipers head coach Drew Sanders will join us later on this half hour for our weekly conversation. We also have a Longhorn Notebook that Jeff will have – one this hour, one next hour. What about this hour? What do we got
0: cooked? If I can stop sneezing, we'll just run down some news notes and nuggets from our insider at Horns twenty four seven that was posted this morning.
1: Okay. All right. All right. So good. So we're uh, we getting to that before or after our conference. I'm trying to remember. I can remember. We I know we alter it depending on the day and the interview and things like that. Uh, what are we doing today? It's up
0: to you. I don't
1: know. I don't care. No matter. <laughs> uh. Okay. You. Nasal how nuggets. However we can squeeze it in. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Let's do it afterwards because. Before we get to the Whataburger top five, I got to get the reaction for both of you. Last night, I'm up at the uh, baseball history. It's the, uh, the first combined no hitter in World Series history. Yes, it was. The second overall no hitter in World Series history. Of course, Don Larson, a perfect game, October 8, 1956, Yankees Dodgers at Yankee Stadium. But last night. You had uh, Christian Javier and the Astros bullpen yep. no hit the Philadelphia Phillies and a five run fifth makes the difference for the Stros highlighted by an Alex Bregman double. Astros went at five nothing. It was interesting and I think appropriate to hear uh, Robert Ford's call the uh, the Astros play by play voice the network radio call and even and even uh, Joe Buck on the tele- uh, the telecast all mention. First and foremost, I'm thinking about Joe Buck. I mean, uh, um, Joe Davis. I said Joe Buck. Joe Davis might have said it's a no hitter, but then he quickly said, and the World Series is tied. And that's what the other guys were talking about because the bigger import on this is that the series is now tied two games apiece. Yep. Pretty much a must win for the Astros last night.
0: And we'll go back to Houston.
1: Yeah, it ensures that the series will be back in Houston for game six on Friday night or Saturday night and uh, of course game five is tonight so that's crucial
0: Christian Javier was outstanding last night I think what, what is it he's allowed two hits and I think 12 and two-thirds innings yeah, of the postseason he's been so tremendous he's been just outstanding doesn't even begin to describe it but I was I was happy finally to see the offense break through yeah. when they did, and they got some guys on base. I, I was one of the guys that was screaming at the TV. Were you screaming for Jeremy Pena to bunt and you know <laughs> not bunting, not showing bunt on strike on on first pitch, and then you know fouling one off on on an one count, uh, but he gets on base. Jordan Alvarez gets plunked. Bregman breaks it open. So just good to see that offense come alive, Craig, after not doing much of anything yeah. in Game Three.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a very good point there. All right, so. Uh, so we definitely uh, needed to mention that, clearly. It was uh, important to mention yeah, that I, I the Astros were on obviously,
0: obviously, I want the Astros to win. I, I just I hope Game 5 is a is a tighter game. We so have back-to-back blowouts now.
1: Yeah, it's been kind of lopsided, And even Game 2, the Astros were largely in control of that one.
0: Yeah, I, I love high, just high-leverage sports, period, you know, like, playoff mm-hmm. hockey is awesome, playoff basketball where every possession counts. Obviously playoff football. I want, I want some high leverage baseball where you're on the edge of your seat every pitch. I
1: like it. I like it. Uh they, I, I would have thought that maybe just you as an Astros fan would take it any way you could get it and Oh for
0: no doubt. No uh, doubt. You know. But I, I you know, I, I want people to be invested in the World Series. I want people to tune in and you know when you when it's five nothing and the game is over and the the Astros pitching the way they were, people probably tuned out or yeah went to the whatever Mac game was on ESPN <laughs> last night.
1: It was <laughs> Bowling Green and Western Michigan. Yeah, uh, watched. Well, there you go. Little bits of that. Flip it over to commercial break, and even Northern Illinois and Central Michigan. Uh, so uh, just you know just just keeping up with it. I remember when I used to do uh, uh, Longhorn Weekly with Mac Brown. We would do it in his conference room. And he wanted that action game on on a monitor in there. He just he he wanted to, he wanted to have it on there. So whatever whatever game was on, we had, we had it on while that was while that was going on. So
0: Snoop, you being the seam head you are, are, you enjoying some World Series right now? Uh,
2: I guess so. I haven't really watched a lot of it. No.
1: Yeah. All right.
2: So all
1: right, big game uh, tonight. But obviously, a lot of us are uh, tied up with high school football, which brings us to our Waterburger Top Five. Yeah. It's
2: time for the Whataburger Top 5.
1: Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 Road Trips. Okay, as we like to mention, the challenge of the road trip is more than just the bus ride. It's more than just the distance. In fact, quite often it might not be far at all to travel. Might be even going to a stadium that on a different given night is your home stadium. But it's the road mentality, the mindset as well as sometimes the distance that goes into it, which, by the way, Snoop, brings us to a three-way tie, at number five. Oh yes. For our water, I, I knew you'd be on board with this. Three. All right. For different reasons, okay? Here's your different reasons. Bowie at Lake Travis. Now, this game has absolutely no bearing on the playoffs at all. Word. None. Zero. Nada. Both are going. Bowie will be in the Division II bracket as the runner-up to Dripping Springs. Lake Travis will be in the Division I bracket as the runner-up to Westlake. One of these two teams is going to play the team that our guest, who joins us in a few minutes, is the head coach of in the bi-district round next week. Vandegrift, either Bowie or Lake Travis, depending on whether Vandegrift goes Division One or Division Two, which we've chronicled at length. That all comes down to if, if Vista Ridge and Maynard both get into the playoffs and Vandegrift goes Division One, and they would play like Travis. If it's Cedar Ridge and either Vista Ridge or Maynard, then Vandegrift would go Division Two and play Bowie. But this is about momentum and trying to uh, get some forward momentum into the playoffs, and for Bowie, because, again, these are road trips. And so from the road mentality for Bowie, it's it's an important ball club for, for a ball game for uh, Coach Abel's ball club to try to see if they can uh, you know have some real forward momentum going into the playoffs, because they're going to have tough by-district opponent no matter who they faced.
0: Yeah, and we, we talked about it with Hank Carter on, on Tuesday, just his team starting to maybe get some things together. And, and I know Snoop had even mentioned that, that the – the ceiling is high for this mm-hmm. group, and maybe there there's still some some really good football for Lake Travis to be played uh, before this thing is over. Uh, Bowie is going
1: to wind up playing either Vandegrift or Maynard in the By District round, so it's an important game for them regard. Lake Travis is going to wind up either playing Vandegrift or Round Rock in the By District round. So anyway, there's there's that. The other teams tied at number five. Here you go, Jeff. It's Gerald and Lago Vista, and it's tonight. They moved it forward, so that game is going to be tonight. Gerald last week won the win in your end game against Manor New Tech. Now beat Lago Vista and they finished third in the district there. So you could avoid perhaps a by-district meeting with Divine, who's pretty good. So that's an important one there. And the other tie, number five, okay, Stu. Lockhart. At <laughs> Kerrville Tyvee. Don't ever say we don't talk about the Lockhart lines on this show. Speaking of Lockhart, by the way, ball don't lie at the brand-new Terry Blackson in, in Lockhart hey, today. Hey, that? that? They're out there this afternoon. So Lockhart and Kerrville Tyvey, again, a chance to rise up further in the playoff pecking order there. Number four is Maynard at Stony Point. Now, Monster game. the one thing that cannot happen for Maynard is to lose the football game. They lose, and they're out. They lose, they're out. It's as simple as that. If they win, they're probably in. But I have to say probably because it could come down to point differentials. And also if Vista Ridge should pull a Shocker and, and beat Round Rock. So that's why I say probably, but not for sure, even if they win. But if they lose, definitely out. So big game for them at Stoney, uh tomorrow that's night. That's my one. But that's your one? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a one that'll top that. Okay. Okay, Because we know Stoney Point will not be going to the playoffs. Maynard might be. That's true. All right. Number three, Rouse at Elgin. This is for playoff positioning. Winner of this game will finish no lower than third. In the case of Elgin and Rouse, they could finish second. Uh, Rouse can finish second if they win by 10 or more. And Waco U loses to Belton like most expect to happen. Yeah. So that's what the Raiders would need. An Elgin win locks them in at the two spot there. So that's 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 important. There's playoff ramifications there. Number two, Cedar Park at Georgetown. Big, big game there because you're talking about finishing as high as number two or as low as number four. And so that's, that's crucial for both of these teams. Both these teams hot going into the game. Speaking of hot. Did you see Georgetown's helmets they were wearing? It's oh, diff- man. Different than the silver with the with the navy blue G like the Georgia or Green Bay? That's what they've been wearing games. But did, did you see what they were sporting? Yes. Practice?
2: The uh, parents love the kids, and they make them look good. Look good, play good.
1: It's a lighter blue with G-Town on the side.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They, they are so swaggy, their baseball team will wear a mm-hmm. misspelt Georgetown jersey. Yeah, that's
1: right. As that's right. They take care of those guys. Yeah. So, uh, So. anyway, it's uh, uh, Georgia. And then Cedar Park has won three in a row yeah. since starting one in five. And so, they're going into the playoffs. The issue will be how uh, can they continue that going. All right, Snoop. Number one road trip of the week. It should be in tomorrow because I won't be here tomorrow. I'll be traveling up north. So, it'll be you for the top five matchups. Okay. This definitely has to be in your top five. I'm not saying you have to put a number one. But it should be in your top five. Burn it at Taylor. Yep. Win and you're in for both. A lot of green on that field yeah. tomorrow night at the Ducks' Ooh, new ballpark. I would
2: love to go to that game.
1: Win and you're in. <laughs> it's that simple. Lose, you do like Jeff Howe's Florence Buffaloes, and you put the equipment yeah. away after tomorrow night. So you've got this on the eastern side of Williamson County, not yes. the western side. So. Burn it. T- and for burn it, they got to do it on the road. See, at the pond. Yeah, they've got to make that drive straight down 29 through Georgetown, through Jonah, and on across. Jonah, get over green. You ever been through Jonah?
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. We over there to been inebriated in Jonah before. Oh. That's <laughs> a story for another day. Wow,
1: didn't know that one. Okay. All right, so Drunken there it is. Jonah. That's your book uh, title. Uh, that's And there's your Whataburger <laughs> Top 5 Road Trips of the Week. Uh, Bowie at Lake Travis. Lago Vista at Gerald. Lockhart at Kerrville Tivy, Rouse at Elgin. Um, Maynard at Stony Point. Cedar Park at Georgetown. Burnett at Taylor. And I would imagine some, if not most, of those games will be on Snoop's top five matchups of the week, especially since a lot of games are getting moved to Thursday. Yeah. So you're going to have to kind of pick out ones. Will there and, be more? Uh, could be. Well, I would say by now probably not. Okay. Those that have already been moved to Thursday probably all yeah. set in stone. I don't think they'd move them at this point. Is there any say. kind
2: of rhyme or reason or like is a area yeah, about Lots of rhyme and
1: reason well, to it. Worried
0: about storms and yeah. high winds and hmm. Safety of, and if of it's a game that folks, needs to be completed, you don't want to be playing that thing on Saturday.
1: Yeah, that's the other side of that. That's the other side. So uh, something to keep in mind. All right. Up next, uh, we're going to visit with Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, uh, to talk about their matchup. They have already had their game scheduled for tonight uh, on the road at Westwood. And so we'll visit with Uh, Coach Sanders to talk about his team trying to close out the regular season with a perfect district record and winning that district title outright and then getting ready for the playoffs. So uh, we'll go to that. And uh, later on in our Flex 30 update next hour, we'll have the list of the games that have been moved, the full list, that have been moved from Friday to tonight, so we'll get to that coming up. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and in hornfm.com. B&E. And She says it's a medical condition she has,
3: severe pain in the chest, you know angina? Oh, yeah. Severe chest pain, but apparently it's banned. You can't take it because it increases. In-
1: Got a lot to get to. We'll have a Longhorn Notebook with Jeff coming up. We do have Inconceivable as well, which includes a fast food note for Snoop, since he is the fast food prince or king, whatever, uh, we have a lot to get to on the program. And uh, <clears throat> speaking of a lot, just to let you know, our our good friend and uh, weekly guest, Greg Tapper, the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, and uh, one of the co-hosts, along with me and Aaron Hartigan on Bally uh, on, uh, Sports Southwest uh, High School Scoreboard Live on Friday nights, just tweeted out, I believe that there are now 230 games being moved from Friday to tonight across the entire state of Texas because of the the anticipation of inclement weather, really inclement weather. So 230 games. I don't know that that many would happen if this weren't the final week of the regular season and some playoff spots on the line and all the other kind of stuff, but it is happening. Now, one game that was already scheduled for Thursday – is tonight's game at the Kelly Reeves Athletics Complex. Vandegrift against Westwood, and we're pleased to have our weekly conversation brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer with the head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, Drew Sanders, who I would imagine is very happy it was originally scheduled for Thursday night. Am I Am I right about that?
3: Yeah, I am. You know, I was excited to see that on the schedule because that just gives us an extra day of prep for playoffs. Um, and I, I don't mind Thursday games. You know, I kind of grew up as a head coach playing Thursday games a ton in Austin ISD and figured out what a, you know, what a routine looked good. Uh, and that that kind of scheduling, and, and so it's been it's been great for us to play Thursdays.
1: Yeah, I mean the 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 benefits kind of outweigh the disadvantage. It's a, it's a little bit of a a, a little tighter what uh, prep time on your ramp up to it, but then afterwards, no matter who you play, no matter what the deal is, then uh, you've got that extra day and a chance to get some other work in.
3: You do. You, you know. You just as a, you as a coach have to make sure that you don't overload your kids with, you know, a little less prep time. So your your checks and your calls and all the little things that you're going to try to do each week just need to be a little bit dumbed down, and um, and then you'll be fine.
1: You had a little bit of a, a rivalry matchup with Vista Ridge last week, and your, your guys uh, came out on fire, ready to go. Uh, they got some early stops and got your offense really in gear. How pleased were you with that 34 to nothing shutout you had?
3: You know, it was uh, it was more difficult actually than the final score indicated. Vista Ridge is a much improved program. Um, they played us really well the first quarter. It was zero zero at the first quarter, um, and then our offense got on track um they have a good defense they really do and um we, fortunately our our defense was able to stop them and, and early and then we got 21 uh, nothing uh by half and so we were able to take advantage of some opportunities we had and it's always good uh to beat a a rival you know it's one of our longest rivals that and Cedar Park are the only two schools we've played you know the whole time we've been uh, in a school so um it's it was a good good victory for sure
0: Drew, I know we talked about just defensive philosophy last week, but your defense after that shutout, you're only giving up about eight points, a little less than eight points a game this season. Uh, and I know you've had good defenses there before, but what's your take just on on your defense right now? Given that the district you play in, uh, you play teams that that can run the football, uh, that have some yeah. speed, that play with physicality. Uh, just your take on on kind of the progression of your defense through these nine ball games.
3: Well, I'll tell you, I expected, I always expect us to have a solid defense, but I'm I'm surprised myself. You know, we replaced nine starters or eight and a half, however you want to look at it. Um, and so early, like against Dripping Springs, we were just trying to figure ourselves out who were our starters, who, you know, what could people do well and not. You know, with only having spring and then that one scrimmage, we really didn't know. It was funny. I was talking to my staff this summer, and it was the first time I went into a uh, beginning of the year scrimmage without – knowing who all 11 of my starters were to now you've kind of have settled into who who your guys are and, and, um, and who's rotating in and that kind of stuff. But overall, I've been pleased with our physicality of our defense. I've I've been pleased with our development in the secondary um, where they can run. We we really pride ourselves on on running multiple things um, and running multiple things well. Um, And I think they are really smart and they've done a good job of being for the most part, where they're supposed to be. And, and then the biggest thing about playing good defense is you got to play really, really hard, and I think our guys are doing that.
2: Coach, I wanted to ask about two seniors who aren't like the, you know, the wide receiver one or running back one, but Reese Trevino at running back and then uh, Ray Middleton, who had a really nice game last week. He did. You know, uh, both of those guys, I mean, that, those kind of
3: guys are just what I think um, – our program's built on. We have a large senior class every year. Every year somebody will ask me how many seniors and each year we have about forty five seniors. And everybody's like, Man, well, next year's gonna be rough. I'm like, no, I had forty five the year before that, forty four the year before that, you know. And so we have guys that wait their entire time to get playing time. Either they were backups on as juniors on varsity or they were on J V. Um, and both of those guys now have key roles uh, for us on this year's team. And I think we've just got a great culture of kids knowing they have to wait their turn and they're okay with that and they're going to keep developing. And And last night we have a bunch, We went 10-0 on our JV um, A last night. Again, I think that's our fourth or fifth year in a row we've been 10-0 with our best JV team. And those guys enjoy winning, and then they come up and then help us win the next year on varsity. So I'm proud of Rajon. Had an amazing game, caught two touchdowns, and then Reese has been there
1: anytime we need him all year. You know, uh, it, it's I've always thought that an interesting dynamic, and I asked uh, Coach Salazar about it yesterday as well, the thing about seniors – uh, first year on varsity, and, and I I my own personal experience with my son because he had he had just uh, earned a, as a junior uh, a an opportunity. To play on varsity, and then had a, a had a knee injury in the uh, going into uh, the final practice, uh, and, and before things got going, and then wound up having to recover, had knee surgery, and all that kind of stuff. And he had to fight and work hard just to get back to varsity his senior year. But he worked really hard. And what I discovered was is that there's a lot of guys that, like you said, waited their turn, understood the dynamic, and didn't give up on it. And they might be a senior, and it's their first time on varsity, but they relish the moment, and they really work hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they actually
3: they work hard, they get there, and they actually impact – the team, whether, whether through their role as encourager or on the field, you know, we have this wall. I've talked about it. I think one time last year, but we call it true Viper where we recognize a young man that was on JV as a junior and then an all district player as a senior. And now we keep count of that. And we've had about 15 to 16 guys in our young history that go from JV to becoming an all-district type player. And so I think that also encourages kids to stick with it because
1: maybe they uh, they can do that. Visiting with Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, whose Vipers play tonight against Westwood, uh, which you can hear on 101.9 and AM 1260 over at Kelly Reeves tonight.
0: Drew, let's talk about Westwood. Uh, when you watch the film, what stands out to you?
3: Their running game. You know, that sounds surprising to say that about Westwood, but... Uh, they typically like to air it out, you know, uh, but they are doing what good stabs and good schools do. They've got their strengths and they're playing to them. And so they have two really nice running backs. Um, and so they are just feeding them the ball um, and doing a great job. They have a huge offensive lineman. They kind of run behind him. He also plays some defense. Uh, but that is what they're doing well, man. They are running the ball well, uh, tempoing you some. They still have some of their passing game they've always kind of been known for. Uh, but that's that's what I think they're doing well, and then they are improved defensively too. Um, and so they, if you look at all their scores, they've won um, some district games, but the ones they haven't, they're all close. Um, and so they just are, are a much improved team.
1: Drew, uh, coaches quite often say that uh, sometimes it takes some refreshing uh, the uh, the dynamic every week to make sure guys stay motivated. Is the message? This week about winning an outright district title and and uh, and and going perfect in district play uh, because you're going to be the top seed whether you're coming in the uh, uh, division one bracket or division two bracket uh, coming at, uh, going into the playoffs. So w- what's the message to the guys about what is there tangible to accomplish tonight?
3: Yeah, I think our message this week is just a perfect level of, level of effort, um, and that's all we've been talking about all week, and then that that will lead to good things for us. Um, I think the guys set the goal um, in January of being undisputed district champion. They actually set the goal of that. We put it on paper. We post it everywhere so we can know what we're working for. Um, we've shared it the last two years, and so they're pretty set on that goal, um, and they know that Westwood stands in the way, and they're a quality program, and so it's, we're going to
1: have to fight. Uh, Drew, you're going to play uh, either Bowie or Lake Travis in by district next week. Uh, have you uh, had your conversations and our arrangements all set for next week?
3: Yes, yeah. We're, we get to host either way since we're the higher-ranked team now. Some of the fans may not know that, but that's a kind of a 6A thing that started about four or five years ago. And so uh, we'll host. It'll be at Monroe Memorial Stadium, 7 p.m., on November 11th, that Friday, both coaches have agreed and feel great about that. Um, we've even agreed on ref crew and everything else, so we're we are ready with both teams. So we're just kind of waiting to waiting to see what happens Friday. But first, you know, we got obviously play our game, but just kind of waiting to see what happens with those three teams.
1: Nice to have it all wrapped up even before you play your last regular season game to know your that that a you knew you were going to be playing the district game at home, but uh, no matter who the opponent is, uh, that to have your day and time all set.
3: Yes, it's great. Everything's organized. The band knows. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that people may not think about that goes along with that, and, and everybody's excited to be hosting another game. We, I think we've hosted four or five years in a row, and it's always
1: fun. How convenient is it for you then to have uh, your, your crew ready to be able to scout two teams at the same time because they're playing one another tomorrow night since your <laughs> high-district <laughs> opponent will be either Bowie or Lake Travis, yeah. and they're playing tomorrow night. How convenient is that?
3: It's pretty rare. I think it (laughs) may be one other time that's happened. And so you're, you are burning up the pen. On the paper, because you're writing down every single piece of information you can you can get. Because as soon as one's on offense, now here comes the other team on offense or whatever. It's it's really fun, um, and and real hectic. But you know we we like it like that. So it's it's uh, two amazing teams too. Bowie and uh, Lake Travis are, are are great programs.
1: All right, uh, hey uh, Drew, uh, best of luck tonight, and uh, we'll look forward to visiting with you on the eve of the district game next week.
3: Can't wait. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. That's Drew Sanders, head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers. And, again, uh, you can hear it on 1019 and AM 1260 tonight, uh, 645 with the airtime start and with uh, Merle and Scott and Hank in the booth. And at 7 o'clock, the kickoff from Kelly Reeves Athletics Complex, the Palace on Parma, or as Snoop likes to occasionally refer to it, K-Rack. It's it's, uh, Vandegrift against Westwood. So does LT so that,
2: and Bowie just keep it super vanilla. Uh
1: well, it, it's an interesting it, it it's interesting because um uh, you know, the both teams want to have that momentum of a win. I think you got to get ready for the playoffs. And you're playing a team that's going into the playoffs, so you're getting a good warm-up game, so to speak. Um you know, coaches get they get huddle video and footage and stuff. They they're, they're going to see your tendencies and yeah. the things that you do anyway. Yeah. I think I think both. Look, you know Coach Abels. you know Coach Carter. You think they're gonna You think they're gonna be playing vanilla? I think they're going at, going after to try to win the game. You know, Lake Travis has never lost to Bowie. And Bowie is and Bowie Bowie's would love to
0: get back on the horse after losing to Westlake. Exactly.
1: Week. No, I think they're I think they're going for
0: that one. They want to win.
1: All right, um, that's our weekly conversation with Coach Sanders from Vandegrift, brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer. Time for our first hour, Longhorn Notebook. it's Longhorn
2: Notebook.
1: Howl's Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howl's Longhorn Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> give a little me. Slight misfire. You know what? You can give him a horn to go with that. Okay, you give go. give him a horn. Yeah, there you go. Jeff how's Longhorn <laughs> Notebook. You know,
0: Craig missed the Vuvuzela.
1: He hasn't had it in a while. So. <laughs> it's brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert, your Longhorn lender. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that's help get that home loan approval turned around just like that. She is, after all, the person who can guarantee that 10-day home loan approval. Check her out on the web at com. Bowersockteam.com. B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, team.com. Bowersockteam.com.
0: I'll start with you, Craig. Uh, you recorded Longhorn Weekly with Sark last night. Yes, uh, I did. We'll, we'll talk to the head coach here in 30, 35 minutes or so on the weekly Zoom call. And,
1: um, and we'll have the uh, program tonight, we'll have Longhorn Weekly yep. with uh, Coach Sark tonight, uh, which Blitz we recorded podcast. last night at, at, Longhorn at Blitz
0: podcast immediately following.
1: Lots of Longhorn football discussion
0: tonight on Longhorn. No doubt. Anything top of mind for you coming off of Longhorn Weekly? Or... Uh,
1: I, I would say that uh, that old thing about unstoppable force and movable object, neither Texas on offense is an unstoppable force, nor Kansas State an immovable object. On defense, however, if you're boiling it down to the run games, I, from the news conferences and from reading and hearing, we had Wyatt Thompson on yesterday talking about this. There is a real jaw-setting, teeth-gritting determination, I think, that goes into this game for. Texas to run the ball and for Kansas State to stop the run when you consider what the Longhorns did on the ground at K State each of
0: the last two years. Well, not just that, Craig. You look at this nice little win streak now Texas has against K State, winning five in a row the last two under Bill Snyder and three under Chris Kleiman. Texas has won the rushing battle in four of those five games. The one exception was last year, K State went for 228, but Texas went for 209, but it was a physical 209 because of the nature of the Texas offense with Casey Thompson with the bump thumb, you ran wi- Forget wildcat. You were just direct snapping to Roshon Johnson, kind of old school, almost single wing football. Last it's like trying to stop us. Yeah, exactly. You kind of knew what was coming at some point, and Roshon Johnson carried the offense to the finish line. So uh, Texas in, in this game, and that's kind of been the story of this series. It's very, very Oklahoma-like for Texas over the years. The K-State series has been. Whoever the more physical football team is, is typically the team that's going to win the ball game, And turnovers play a big deal. I know, Craig, the, the wind coming off of the Flint Hills on Saturday is always a factor when you play in Manhattan. We talked about the wind in Stillwater. It's, I don't care if it's – it could be 80 and sunny out. The wind's always going to be a factor when you play in Manhattan. Yeah, it's kind of like it, going to Lubbock.
1: You're right. More in the daytime than in the evening, but still windy. Exactly. It could still, still be – I mean, it reminds me of the uh, – uh, the, the, Bill Little told me the story years ago that – Coach Royal had said to him about when they were getting ready to play Texas Tech, and Tech had just gone into the conference there in like in 1960, and they were getting ready to go out there for the first time under Coach Royal, and he said it was the old Seminole Indian who told him the wind lays in the evening or something like that, and and, uh, uh, and, and so it may lay down just a little bit in the in the uh, evening, but I don't, uh, I, it, it'll still, I listen. Uh what was it? 13 when Colin Klein was quarterbacking when they were winning the conference title, 12. 12 and they won that conference yeah. title there on that Saturday. It was galen there yeah. at Bill Snyder Family Stadium that night when Kansas State won that Cer- conference title.
0: Certainly was. Um so we'll we'll get into the keys to victory. We'll talk run game and stuff tomorrow. We got our matchups tomorrow uh in our two longhorn notebooks, but uh wanted to hit some quick notes and Craig I want to get your thought your take on one of these. Uh, A quick injury update. So, again, this is in our Insider Horns 24-7. I won't run everything down that's in the Insider. You can go to the site and check it out. But a quick injury update. Ryan Watts has practiced. Uh, Again, I'm going to preface everything by saying, as of close of business yesterday, this is where things stood. Uh, Sounds like Ryan Watts should be good to go, barring any kind of setback. He has made some nice progress this week. Jalen Gilbo, kind of limited earlier in the week, but he's got an ankle injury, so uh, probably somewhere in the – We'll call, call Jalen Gilbo iffy at this point, but if Ryan Watts is healthy, Jade Barons at the star position, so you feel like, regardless, you're going to be good there. The question mark out of is Anthony Cook. Uh, it just it seems uncertain right now if he can play with that arm injury or if they want to give it another week or what, so things very much up in the air at this point in terms of Anthony Cook and the status. I'm going to go ahead and guess Sark's not going to give us a whole lot on the injury front on the Zoom call, but that's just kind of what we're hearing at this point. So, again, as of the way things stood as close of business yesterday, it sounds like Ryan Watts making really good progress, Jalen Gilbo iffy, and if you had to use like an NFL-style injury report, I would say doubtful at this point mm-hmm. for Anthony Cook, but we'll see as we get closer to the end. Craig, the, one, the thing I wanted to get your take on is, and we mentioned this, In the insider that this team has not been fractured. You talked about, you know, they had a couple of players only meetings, but it seems like, and this is according to a team source, this team genuinely likes each other Mm -hmm. uh, and they're trying to figure things out together, Uh, quote, pretty much in every position room, you've got guys supporting each other and pulling for each other, especially last year when we started hearing about things getting fractured and and all that stuff. And we've seen Texas teams in the past kind of do that and get splintered uh, when the losses start to pile up. I have not heard any of that behind the scenes with this team. It seems like this team is truly together. They genuinely like being with each other. Craig, that makes a big deal when you're trying to get over that hump. As long as you're getting, now I'll say this. That's what. That's another aspect that makes this game so important because I think it's human nature. You can only kind of get on the cusp so much and, and not clear that hurdle before. It starts to set it, and things do kind of come unraveled. So, for this team to get to where they want, it, it is that's why it puts so much more emphasis on this game and winning this ball game because they haven't fractured, they haven't been splintered. They're still very much intent on trying to figure this thing out together and get it done together and get yeah. over that hump together.
1: Yeah, I, you're right. I, I think you've you've nailed it about how this team kind of uh, is cohesive, and they do. But it doesn't mean they can't go back in and have you know refreshing. Or, or refresher courses ter- in, in terms of uh, the team meeting. Because the, the, the that's play. A, that's the,
0: a great. I've never hadn't heard anybody put it that way. That's a really good way to put it. The refresher? It yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, because it, it. I understand why folks think a players only meeting uh, sends up red flags. I get it. Because quite often in the past, that's all it meant. I mean, team was unraveling. It's a different day and time now in college football. And it's a different with this group as well, where they get together and. It's kind of like you know when you go to go to work and you have a conference call. We were all introduced to the world of Zoom uh, over the prior two years about it, keeping regular touch with one another. So, you know, I think it's I think it's more that it's not it's not like we've got to get out and clear the air and uh, what did you say airing of grievances and all yeah, that other it, kind it of stuff. It can turn
0: into festivus right. real quick. Yeah. if you're not careful.
1: Yeah, and I and I don't think that's the same. Uh, with this group so it is a good point but that doesn't mean there aren't things to address and that's what they've kind of been uh, working toward this week
0: Well we'll get you know that's just kind of an overview of where the team is right now some injury stuff we'll get into the nitty-gritty tomorrow when we look at our our matchups and our keys to a longhorn victory uh, also in the insider got some basketball stuff season openers on monday yes so it is. uh got some hoop stuff all kinds of good stuff at horns 24 7 right now
1: we'll look forward to that so staff uh,
0: predictions should be posted i know i sent mine in this morning so those should be up here in a little bit also all
1: right there's our longhorn notebook for this hour uh we'll have another one coming up next hour up next inconceivable when we continue with light the tower on the horn 1049 1019 am 1260 we're live local and digital on the horn app and at hornfm.com hi
3: i'm brad with homes by avi and i'm aaron
1: bowersock we are currently offering incredible incentives at all of our communities across the austin area to learn means variety what was that student that's something going going on there is that something going on well, okay. All right. <laughs> what was that on this I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm, oh, not, I'm sorry. I'm not sure what it was, but that's okay. Who is uh, that?
0: right. hey, can I start inconceivable with with uh, a, a grooming uh, complaint or inquiry? I think I'm at the age where I need to start regularly trimming my nose hairs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, because, like, if you're watching on Twitch the last couple of days, it's looked like, like, is Jeff picking his nose? Like, no, I can feel my nose hair in there, like... Just giving me some issues. I'm constantly yeah. rubbing my nose. Well, mm-hmm. you just rip them out. You know, I, wow. I, I do that on occasion. Says Snow. the guy with the, probably the lowest
1: pain tolerance yes. of any person I've ever met.
0: <laughs> right?
1: Correct. Yes. I do Correct. have mm.
0: a, a beard trimmer that's got an attachment that can root around in your nose. Yeah.
2: Especially as you get older, Jeff, like the hair's are going to turn white and that really looks, you know, Looks, yeah. You know. Okay. That's
0: fine, though, you know. Need to need to get on that make that a regular part of the, the manscaping process. <laughs>
1: this nose hair update brought to you by Jeff Howe and Snoop Daniel. Um, okay. Sponsor
0: us. Oh, there you go,
1: right. <laughs> uh, Snoop, here's your fast food n- note for you. I had a McRib yesterday, by the way. Shut Did up. you really? Yeah. I had one for lunch. Because no. t- today is National Sandwich Day. I thought that was yesterday. No, it's... It's today. It's actually November 3rd. Uh. I, yesterday in the story, I said tomorrow is National oh, Sandwich okay. Day. So you just beat the holiday rush.
2: Sandwich. That's it. How was it? it
0: was awesome. It, it, was was it was a McGriff. It right? was a McGriff, of course. Yeah. It's greatness.
2: Well, it was hot.
1: <laughs> yes. And the fries were hot.
2: Oh, okay. You win, yeah. bro.
1: Yeah. One dollar Friday in the app. Uh, Snoop for you at McDonald's. Just let you know that. Meanwhile, the guys at uh, Five Guys are wanting... Customers to stop doing a menu hack that's been pretty popular with them. Um, They're they're kind of making their own grilled cheese cheeseburger. Okay, now Sonic had one of those where it was an actual grilled cheese sandwich with a cheeseburger in it. And this, of course, is generated on TikTok, Snoop, where Five Guys employees were getting pretty upset with folks coming in for uh, this uh, grilled cheese cheeseburger hack so the person comes in and they order a uh, grilled cheese and then they order a patty added to it and then they order another patty to it because the grilled cheese (laughs) is a staple menu item and then it's possible to add a patty to it through the online ordering system and the menu item has been an option available for some time um but there's some folks, one guy uh, says on TikTok, hold up now because I'm really getting mad. Whoever told y'all to be ordering these grilled cheese, cheese- cheeseburgers, I need y'all to stop. No. I need to put it to an end, to an end. I'm sorry, but please stop.
0: So No.
2: That sounds incredible. I've never even thought of doing that.
0: So why yeah. when you go to Whataburger, you opt for the Texas toast. <coughs> oh. yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. It's a good call there, so
1: you could do that. These are hacks. All right, yeah, the menu hacks there. Um, how about a hack on sneakers? You can now order a pair of sneakers. They're very special. I'm going to show them to you because I know you, you're into the sneakers as well, Jeff. I
0: just need the Jordan brand to make a wide shoe so I can actually wear some Jordans again. <laughs> well, for this the first one's time pretty wide. Years.
1: This one's pretty wide, and it costs 1,200 bucks. Oh my god! Because they're for horses. <laughs>
2: Stupid. Uh,
1: so, okay. and then it the
2: sounded that cluck, 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 cluck.
1: Yeah, sounds. yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's actual a sneaker made for horses. Marcus Florida, Kentucky based artist, started developing the prototype for a horse sneaker as part of a, co- a collaboration with VisitLex.com that's Lexington's public tourism agency in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, they then uh, uh, were working ahead of the Breeders' Cup, which is this weekend. Uh, the equestrian races, uh, and their initiative was to bring awareness to the bluegrass state, like Kentucky, as a whole.
0: Just like envisioning the horse, yeah. Snoop, you envision the horse, like going to Foot Locker. See right oh, there, there, we go. there uh, uh, animals, animals doing animals human doing things.
1: things. You're still trying to get Chris Beard on board with that, right? I think
0: uh, I think he's coming around.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, constructing each set of shoes takes as long as 17 hours. Uh, According to Floyd, he started with buying the sneakers themselves like a pair of classic Air Jordans. Then he deconstructed them, carefully pulling apart each piece before reassembling the sneaker on top of a pre-made protective boot for horses. He was striving to keep the design accurate while also adjusting for the shape of a horse's ankle and hoof. And yes, they say, the sneakers are actually wearable. They've been... uh, Auctioned off at the sneaker ball, a fundraiser event for charities in Central Kentucky. They will be coming up next week, so uh, you can uh, commission sneakers from his venture, Horse Kicks. Okay, um, prices start around twelve hundred bucks, depending on the complexity of the design. So, uh, if got a horse and you're thinking about some new kicks for? it, That's the route you want to go.
2: If that's your answer. Some Jordan <laughs> horse hooves. Yeah, Nike
1: yeah um it is it is not unusual to have uh, beauty pageant winners make headlines after they've already won the contest for good and or perhaps not good does reasons. the horse
0: get mad if they're the wrong kind of George Snoop
1: yes <laughs> probably